Hi, my name is Vix. <laughs> you can call me Vix. Uh, it's my. It's not my real name, but this is my podcast where I chat shit, like it says in the title. Um, I thought for this episode I would just do a little introduction to who I am exactly, kind of the things I'm interested in, um, my hobbies, that kind of that kind of stuff, you know. Just, just so we can get acquainted a bit more. Ooh, acquainted, fancy word. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, to start off, uh, yeah, my name's Sex. <laughs> I'm 18 years old. I live in the UK. I live in England. Um, and I have for all of my life. I am a white cis woman. My pronouns are she, her, um, and I am, I'm, yeah, I am very much a new kind of leftist. So this will include um, leftist <laughs> viewpoints very much. So if you're not interested in that, uh, either don't listen or listen to, you know, see my points of views. Just don't comment angrily on them because you got what? I basically put out <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I am very much, I would very much like to get involved in activism <clears throat> more often. I kind of got more radicalised by the Black Lives Matter protests that happened last summer. Um, <clears throat> until then, I was I was a leftist already. Um but I, I hadn't really kind of gotten more into the nitty gritty part of leftism. Um, you know, I, I was very much an advocate for uh, mental illness, for um, LGBTQ plus issues. Oh yeah, I'm queer. I don't know if I said that before. Um, yeah, so I, Oh my god, <laughs> I just completely lost track of what I was saying. That will probably happen a lot. Um, <clears throat> I am almost not. I'm ninety nine percent sure that I have ADHD. Um, my therapist and my family have agreed that I probably do have it. Um, but unfortunately, it is very hard to get diagnosed in my area, and the doctors are pretty shit. At diagnosing um I've had friends that have had bad experiences um <clears throat> so yeah I might talk about those kind of issues that I face daily with um <clears throat> ADHD but I, I won't pretend that I have been diagnosed officially because I haven't um but yeah that's just kind of an outline on what it's like for me uh, I also play Rocket League and that's kind of that's kind of how people really know me through the Rocket League community. I stream occasionally. Um, I did a charity stream the other week, and I managed to raise a thousand dollars for um, for victims of domestic abuse or survivors of domestic abuse, um, 
which was fucking amazing. Like, at like my community is insane. Um, I streamed Rocket League for five hours, and I played Among Us as well with um some of my viewers or longtime viewers and donators and stuff. So yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Um, I was brought up religious, so I was raised. Um, yeah, I was raised in a very strict religion. Uh, it's not Catholic as so much. It's more of a, it's just a sector of Christianity. They don't kind of identify with Catholic or Protestant. Um, but it, it was very strict. It's kind of like Mormonism. I don't really want to say the the organization's name, but um, yeah. So being queer. Um, in a very strict religion and organization I always grew up just being taught that it was like you know it wasn't great to be queer you know it wasn't accepted you couldn't get married if you were queer um and that that shit kind of breaks you down I guess over over years and years and you start to like just really repress your your feelings like I didn't realize I didn't fully come to terms I was queer until I was 16 when I came out as bisexual to some of my friends um because one of them one of them just like messaged me one day and he was like hey you talk about how like you think women are pretty a lot are you bisexual and I was like like that was my awakening I was like holy shit I think I am because <laughs> it's like I'd had crushes on like my best friends in high school and I'd wanted to date them um which happened on more than one occasion but I never I never like acknowledged those feelings I always knew that I found the um the kind of rhetoric that gay people were unnatural I found that horrendous but I think I didn't realize that it those feelings were so strong about it because I I related to um I related to that and I was like why why is my attraction to my the same gender as me so bad and yeah no that shit that shit fucks you up and I only came out to my mum uh, a few days ago because I, I was raised by her into this religion and I was I was basically shitting the bed because I was like <laughs> is she gonna be ashamed of me um and I was also because we were always taught that like uh people that disobeyed God wouldn't go to paradise which is basically um their version of heaven but they, they still have heaven it's just only a very certain amount of people get to go to heaven and they're very specific. Uh, but then everyone else that has been good on earth goes to paradise, which is basically uh, just earth, but um, it's been completely changed back into how the Garden of Eden was. But the whole earth is the Garden of Eden kind of thing. I'm guessing without the the tree. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe God will be like, nah, I've... 
I've tested you for thousands of years. Um, and congrats, you've made it. But I'm going to test you again because fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, basically I was taught that that was unnatural. And that, that fucked you up because you're like, if if God, you know, makes no mistakes and he made us all, why why would he make me gay on purpose <laughs> and then hate me for it and be like that's a horrible punishment knowing that you can't get married to the people that you love um or even accept that that's who you love kind of thing um like I don't know I was just like why would a loving god do that if he's really as loving as he um as he says he is kind of thing yeah, there's a lot of religious talk on this podcast as well, by the way. So if you aren't interested in that. But it's just kind of like my own experiences with it. Um, uh, yeah, another thing that they would say is that, that God isn't actually the one that's ruling the world. That it's Satan. Um, and that he, Satan essentially challenged God after Eve ate the apple. Um, to say, look, your people do not love you and I can show you that. So God was like, okay, all right, you have the keys to the entire world now. You can do whatever the hell you want um, and I'll show you that my people still love me. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, why the fuck would you do that, God? For your own pride, you would subject your people, your own creation to thousands and thousands of years of suffering at the hands of the devil just to prove your own point just to prove that through all of the horrific shit like death destruction volcanoes you know climate change um prejudice genocide all of that like It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I've never kind of felt comfort in that. I look, I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, well this, this isn't our, this isn't my God's fault. It's actually Satan that's controlling the world. But then it's like, yeah, but your God gave the keys over to him. He could, he could take them back at any time if he is the all-powerful, omnipotent being that you say he is. He could take that back at any time. You say that he sees all of the suffering and feels all of the pain. Why hasn't that been enough for him to be like, nah, saying, I'm not I'm not digging with this anymore. Time for you to stop and just stop all of the suffering in the world. And then they're like, oh, because they gave he gave us free will. It's like Yeah, but giving us free will doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability to stop our suffering. There are plenty and plenty of of lovely people um, out there that he could stop suffering for, you know? And they say, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Why? Well, he wouldn't have had to die in the first place if, if God didn't hand over the keys to Satan, you know? It just, it just doesn't make sense to me, and it kind of infuriates me because I'm like... <laughs> And it's a way for 
um, them to become really kind of uh, or abstain from any sort of political feelings or thoughts so it's like oh well I can't do anything about this god is just gonna change it like yeah but there are plenty of gods that people believe in you know what's what's to say that your god is the right one you don't really know that um you gotta have a lot of faith to believe that I'm personally agnostic um so I kind of I'm like I feel like there's something there because you know life it feels like it was created there's just so much design and um intricacy that goes into the goes into our world but you know I'm not sure if God created the earth and then pissed off (laughs) you know um God could have created us uh, or let evolution do its thing and then said all right I'm going off to another part of the universe to work on another solar system kind of thing but like who knows I don't know I think that's the thing that psychs me out about religion uh, especially uh, through baptism and kind of you know committing yourself to a religion for the rest of your life like that freaks me out (laughs) it does um like especially in my religion that I was raised in um there's one thing that I was thinking about earlier when we were younger uh literally primary school age so like seven or eight we would get told to ask our teachers to come into uh the memorial which is like the celebration of uh, Jesus's death so you have a few talks about it um and you pass around the bread and the wine signifying his blood and his skin um and whoever partakes of that uh, believes that they're going to go to heaven kind of thing um but yeah we would get told to invite our teachers as primary school students to the memorial and I remember inviting one and waiting at the doors and I was so excited because I was like oh please come um, and it was like <laughs> sorry yawning it's like wow it's like that's fucked up like you're, you're expecting this child um to do go and do your work for you which they don't even really understand at that point it's just something that they've been fed to They've been force-fed from the day they were born if they were raised into into the religion. Um, And then you expect them to do your dirty work for them and try and recruit their own teachers. (laughs) And it's like, and you make the teachers feel bad because if they're not religiously inclined, to say no to a child and to make them upset because you won't go to their religious practice, like, that's fucked up. That's messed up. Because you would try and preach to them as a child. You would be like... You would give them leaflets and be like, um, they would teach you how to kind of um, almost manipulate them into getting, you know, uh, consuming the products that you were trying to give to them, which was from the organisation you belong to. And it's like, Jesus, like looking back on that, that's that's just wild that you would try and get an eight-year-old, barely 
a baby to to preach to adults it's it's fucked up because you would use that guilt from the adults um to try and get them to come to your religious ceremony i don't know it's like oh sorry i don't know why i keep yawning yeah and also the baptism thing that i was talking about before i went off on a on a tangent um so basically when you get baptized into this religion it means that you have dedicated your entire life to this religion and the only way to leave is if you kind of uh you don't show up um but then you have them basically coming to your door like every now and then trying to get you back um and then you'd like move away to somewhere completely different um or you do something that is deemed as uh, disfellowshipable which means that your entire family and everyone in the congregation everyone in other congregations cannot speak to you anymore they cannot have anything to do with you and that's what happened to my dad um he got disfellowshipped and that was that was hard i was seven when my parents split up um and hence when my father got disfellowshipped so he hasn't talked to his family in 10 years he hasn't talked to his parents um his sister his brother like it's it's just it's like and they would get they would try and get you baptized as you i've had people that got baptized as young as 12 years old i've had friends that got baptized at 12 thankfully i never got to that step i thought about it at one point but i never got to that step i kind of left when i was about 15 or i'd made up my mind that this wasn't what i wanted when i was 15 um but yeah like it's fucking wild to think that you as a 12 year old you hadn't even experienced life you didn't experience school primary school which is pretty tame you know you don't really know that much about the world around you or kind of different people different experiences you want to confine to one uh, community and age group around you you know um and obviously the religion so that's what you've kind of grown up knowing um you aren't really allowed to kind of associate with your friends um in primary school outside of outside of school you know that's discouraged saying that uh bad associations um bad associations uh destroy useful habits or something like that that was the mantra that they preached to us so that we would be deferred from you know going to school proms i never went to a disco which I'm still sad about. <laughs> I always wanted to go to a disco as a kid. Uh, and I never never got to go to parties, birthday parties, even just normal parties, which is isolating as a child because, you know, you, you get bound to this one group of people. And I had, like, one good friend my age. Um, 
And if you don't get along with all of those people, you know, you're kind of fucked. Like, you you just feel so lonely because you, you don't have sleepovers, you don't have, you don't have anything, really. Um, it's quite isolating. But yeah, like, and once you kind of get to 16, that's when they start to put pressure on you. They're like, what? So why haven't you got baptised yet? And then you feel like you have to, which is so manipulative because then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't, you know, there's no pressure to be in this religion. But if you're 16 and you're still not baptised yet, they put this pressure on you because they know that when you're about to go to college, you're about to see, kind of learn more about the world that you've never known before. And you're about to see that in motion and, and learn more about yourself and other people and friendships and relationships. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very much, it's very much manipulative to try and get young people to commit their whole life to a religion that they've been force-fed since birth, you know, they haven't explored religion, they haven't questioned their own beliefs, because how can you, when your whole life is revolved around one thing, uh, one set of people, you you don't divert from that, especially not as a child, because um, your family, your whole family is, is involved in this, so you want to feel a part of that family, and the way you can do that is by religion um yeah so the only reason I kind of divulged or diverged from the religion was because I had online friends that I talked to about it and they were like wow okay this is kind of fucked up but you know it's it's your religion um and I was like yeah and also the questions that I had about my dad and sexuality they all kind of came together and I was like I don't want to do this anymore um and I had one awkward like session with uh what are called the elders in the congregation and they came around and they were like so uh we know that you've been having questions <laughs> about the religion and why <clears throat> kind of what are those questions and we'll see if we can answer them for you kind of thing and it was just so like awkward like Ugh. Like, <laughs> oh, it's it, it's so much pressure for a 15-year-old to try and answer these questions. <clears throat> or try and put out the real reasons why, um, why you dislike the religion kind of thing. Because that's awkward telling someone to their face, hey, I don't, I don't like this religion because blah, 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 blah. And I think it's bullshit kind of thing. <laughs> like, that's that's difficult. Um, but yeah, I think I've said enough about our religion now, but that's basically a background into my childhood, what that was like, um, yeah, (laughs) I think also another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately, um, especially to do with bisexuality, like, I identify as queer now, I came out I was bisexual when I was 15 or 16, I can't remember. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, you know, I came out as bisexual because I couldn't imagine 
being a woman and not being attracted to men kind of thing and it's interesting because um you know men are very much portrayed through the media and or womanhood portrayed through the media is is being desired by men you know you're a woman because men find you attractive or find you sexy I think I think that's why transphobia like comes into place because they're like oh you're not seen as a real woman unless men would want to date you and obviously you know like cis men wouldn't want to date a trans woman because blah 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 and it's like it makes no sense (laughs) to me um and also I think that's why there's a lot of uh homophobia and misogyny misogyny is so weird because it's like you know I'm a guy and I am sexually attracted to women, but I also hate them at the same time. But then they're like, oh, but I don't want to date a man. You know, I hate women, but I don't want to date a man because that scene is demasculating. And being in love with a man is associated with being a woman. And I hate women. So, you know, I'm not going to date a man. I think that's why um, too many people that maybe in the closet feel so guilty about their sexuality or feel actual anger about it they're like no I would never I would never date a man because it's associated with something that I dislike but then it's like you know you're expected to love women um you're expected to be sexually attracted to women but it's such a contradiction because it's like you're expected to love women but also not respect them at the same time you know not treat them as actual people and it's like the mind games <laughs> that the society has created surrounding gender and um and sex and and love and uh, it's just it's just insane like the more I think about it the more I'm like wow this is this is messed up but it helps me to understand myself more you know because it's like I don't have to be a woman. Um, I don't have to be kind of loved by men. I don't have to have men to find me attractive to still be a woman, you know? That's not what defines me. And I think, you know, I like like the idea of being non-binary because, you know, you can be yourself without having to conform to these gender roles. But then non-binary people are still like forced into those boxes of gender roles. And it's like, I feel so bad for them because that's not who they are, you know? <laughs> like they've just been put into a box by what they look like, what genitals they have, or what kind of thing people assume them to be. And I think, I think that's why, you know, pronouns are so important that's why I introduced myself with my pronouns at the start I have lots of trans friends um who I absolutely love to death they are the best sort of best people I've ever met and like knowing that society in general is so not accepting for them and it makes it so hard for them to be themselves it's just like tears me apart (laughs) uh you know um I want to get more involved in 
kind of activism like on the ground activism rather than just internet activism which is a bit hard because of the pandemic you know but at some point I kind of would like to learn uh, more about how I can uh, try and get more policies in because at the moment no UK party uh, supports trans rights no UK political party supports trans rights which is which is just awful um and there was recently a bill passed uh in which it makes it so much harder for uh transgender teenagers to get puberty blockers um which are not harmful by the way scientifically have been proven to not be harmful and it makes the transition like waiting list so much longer so if you haven't learned about that i would suggest checking kind of doing some research on that and seeing what you can do to have your trans friends um but yeah I have literally a minute left (laughs) right now on my podcast so I've been talking for 30 minutes god damn but yeah I hope you have enjoyed I'll see you for the next episode whenever that might be because who knows when I'll have more shit to talk about (laughs) I mean I have a shit to talk about all the time but when will I get around to making another podcast? That's that's debatable. But um yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I might get some guests on at some point. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, thank you for listening and I will I'll see you next time. Goodbye.